If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Healthcare for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Highway to Health. I'm Jeremy Quinby. How are you doing, my friends? I hope you're continuing to make the most of your time at home. I see such an array of people's experience at this time. I'm feeling very tuned into those who are struggling right now, and whether it be financially, emotionally, having to work in stores or gas stations, and in healthcare, or just alone and feeling isolated. We're all sacrificing and having to do some deep work right now. And if you're like me, every day is a bit different emotionally, and there are some big sways from being happy to have the time at home with my family to some deep despair for the future from seeing the joy in my daughter's face as she learned something new to trying to figure out how to throw a nine-year-old's birthday party and seeing her brave face knowing this is going to be a very different one. It's been said that time is our only non-renewable resource and so I, I do my best to feel gratitude at this time. But what day is it? If that doesn't matter, then what does? This is intensified time. It's impossible to create in any sort of controlled lab experiment. The sun will rise and set. No amount of disinfectant will slow or stop this. It's a special time, time to document, time we will never forget, time to rethink, to renegotiate, to reimagine, to go deep and hopefully resurface in a better way. Like a new venture or business startup, it's exciting and exhausting at the same time. It's foundational work. It's creative and intuitive, which I tend to thrive on, but it's relentless. And for that reason, it's important to have breaks. And as a family, we have decided that uh, and we're going to take a four-day weekend here in, in early May just to focus on time together, not bound to homeschool work or distance learning. And uh, we're going to focus on play and enjoying some some activities together, turn off our news feeds, take a break from the governor's updates and just enjoy what we have together. Uh, a staycation, but with uh, new new parameters for sure. And this is uh, something I, I at least have here to look forward to. I'm finding that this is also a very important time to be organized about our exercise and self-care routines, uh, which is why I have Shane Dowd on the show today to share his insight and online resources to help us all stay tuned up through this stay-at-home period. He'll be up in just a moment. If this is your first time listening to the show, I want to welcome you. Highway to Health is a place for you to explore and create your own blueprint for health and well-being. Having worked in integrative health for more than 20 years, I'm acutely aware of how all aspects of our lives come to have an effect on our overall state of well-being. And it is my hope that through the content and conversations you'll get here, you'll become more engaged and empowered, both personally and in your communities. Many thanks to the new supporters of the podcast. Your dollars are helping us build more resource and a whole community of support. If you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast, there are a couple of ways. One is financial. You can support the show for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com forward slash highway to health. Or you can click the, the link in the show notes that you're listening on right now and become a supporter today. The other is by sharing content we create to help more people become aware of Highway to Health and the resource we provide. And if you're a health professional or involved in a health-related project, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn or through the contact page on our new website, Highway to 
highway2.health. That's highway2.health so that I'm aware of your work. And I'd love to bring you into this community of health improvement influencers. So Shane Dowd, my guest for today, comes to us from Bogota, Colombia. This was recorded a couple of weeks ago, and I'll be sharing the timeline right now because things change so fast with COVID, and it's impossible not to talk about. So I want to make the the timing of these uh, known to you. He'll also be sharing with us a little bit about the guidelines that his city is using to manage the coronavirus. Shane is a strength and conditioning coach and a massage therapist, and having so much in common with me, including an injury that propelled his work in a, in a very specific direction in his career in terms of self-care and maintenance. Uh, I thought it would be a good time to talk through what a mobility and self-care routine looks like at a time when we are less active and spending more time in front of computers. He's, he's also the founder of gotrom.com, that for, for anyone who doesn't know the lingo, R-O-M stands for range of motion. Uh, it's, he's, he's got a vast video library on YouTube and on his website, gotrom.com, uh, to help you take care of each area of your body, uh, as well as a whole host of other self-care techniques. And much of what he's created comes from the recovery work he's had to do, much like me, and it comes with years of personal testing and development behind it. We also share experience on why sitting and desk postures develop in the first place and how to break the pattern and have more mobility and freedom to move with ease. Please enjoy my conversation with Shane Dowd. So what was your career plan before you had your injury and took this circuitous route to what you've developed? I I was pretty set on the strength and conditioning future gym owner kind of path. Like I studied kinesiology and was a personal trainer and a strength coach and just figured like the the next step in that career was own your own gym. Yeah. But then then like you, I got all messed up, led me on this journey of why was I so messed up and went to massage school, studied yoga, blah, blah, blah. And then just started teaching. We, We learn what we needed to learn and then start teaching. It seems to be a lot of our story. I know I, so many people that I've that I've talked to who have, who basically have the same story. Mm-hmm. So so you're in you're in Bogota, Colombia now. Yeah, I married a lovely Colombian woman, and she's from Medellin, Colombia, and uh-huh. she um, got a job offer here in Bogota, and I work online. So I was like, yeah, let's go to Bogota. So that's where we're at now. And you're from where? Where from originally? San Diego. That's where I spent like six solid years of my life. I was kind of raised in Michigan for most of my life, went to Massachusetts after college to do a strength and conditioning internship, but okay. then went over to San Diego and spent a good chunk of my kind of training career there. And then, and then I've been kind of traveling around doing the sort of digital nomad thing for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So, so we're both Midwesterners as it turns where, out. Where, where, where are you from? I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm from Minneapolis. I, I, I'm I'm back in Minneapolis. I've been back here for over six years, but I I lived in New York for about thirteen years. Okay, yeah, some good old Midwestern boys. <laughs> <laughs> so so what's what's the what's the situation like down in in Bogota right now with with the pandemic? Uh, we're on full countrywide lockdown. The president said all of Colombia stay inside. <laughs> when did when did it start for you guys? About two weeks ago. Um, and, and, and at that time we only had maybe, I don't know, a hundred cases or something. It wasn't that many. So yeah. it was pretty preemptive, which now that the story is unfolding, that seems like a wise decision. 
it's been pretty wild to just I'm obviously from the United States and so I'm, I've got my eye on it and it's been wild to see the numbers just skyrocketing up and um, I'm, I'm hoping the same I mean Bogota is basically like New York City it's a huge huge city um, and so what we have going for us is we took action to keep everyone inside early yeah but it is it is a big city with a lot of people so so how how is this affecting you what what you've been doing lately? I mean you sound like you you've still been busy. Yeah, knock on wood like for me so far things are roughly the same, not that I'm expecting that there couldn't be you know bigger consequences economically down the road, but right now things to be pretty solid. I think a lot of people are in their homes and I'm I've got do it yourself at home like flexibility programs and fix your own injuries programs and so Maybe that's helping to offset the, I don't know, financial difficulties that I'm sure many people are going through, but yeah. uh, it might yeah. be the era of online everything, or at least a, a small a small period of time where a lot of things are online. So it's mostly business as usual for me. Yeah. Um, it's been kind of a blessing in disguise because I get to spend more time with my wife. She's not away at her, at her work. So that's uh-huh. been kind of nice. We got our little routine every day and yeah, not not too much to report here. So so tell me tell me your story. Like how how did this you know I I know this this injury happened quite a while ago. It's been almost ten years for you. Is that right? Yeah, just about. It was um kind of the the big moment was around 2011 when I was doing a power clean in the gym. I actually have a video of the moment when I, I injured I my back. I saw that. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> And it, it doesn't look that terrible on camera. It's like, okay, pretty flat spine, neutral, whatever. I mean, normally you drop a power clean, you don't catch it. But I was in a gym where I couldn't drop the weights. But for whatever reason, I hurt my back really bad. For a month, I couldn't touch my toes, like brushing my teeth hurt. My girlfriend at the time was like putting on my socks and shoes. Um, I've been there. And it, yeah, and it's extremely humbling and frightening, especially if it happens. I mean, if it happens at any time where like you can't do things that you think you should be able to do, like brush your teeth or put on your own shoes, it's like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, this is serious. And so I got, I got really, really interested in, um, I already had a background in kinesiology. I already studied a lot of, you know, basic stretching and foam rolling. I had like good mentors as a strength and conditioning coach who taught me the basics of stretching and foam rolling and like simple mobility practices. But like, I took a deep, deep dive after that injury and started going to yoga every day and went to massage school and uh, studied all kinds of physical therapy, like hours and hours a day. I was just studying this thing. I changed my whole personal training practice from being, you know, full on personal training every day to half of the time I started um, having one on one mobility sessions with people. Yeah. Um, and, and because I got, I got so interested in the subject of like just joint mobility and how do you become more flexible and more mobile and pain-free. And, um, and so I, when I would have these hour long mobility sessions with people, I would be mobile. It's not like I'm going to sit there and watch you foam roll and like roll around on a lacrosse ball and stretch for an hour. I'm going to do it with you by right, your side right. while, I, while I'm teaching you. So I was effectively mobilizing like three, four, five hours a day and that led to this experiential knowledge about the whole world of stretching and mobility and fixing pain and injuries that that I now teach. Yep. Um, and so that was kind of the origin story of how I got into the world of mobility and that kind of stuff. So so how long did it take you before you decided you wanted to, to teach it? Probably, 
I'm a couple of years. I had been like already doing personal training for a couple of years and there's okay. an element of stretching and stuff that you're teaching clients when you're just doing strength and conditioning and personal training. But, um, it was probably maybe two years after I was just like deep diving into yoga and stretching and mobility, um, and putting that on top of my kind of background knowledge of anatomy and kinesiology and stuff like that. And so I started shifting from like the performance side of the human body right. to the rehabilitation and fixing injuries kind of side. So about after two years, I started teaching classes and workshops and around that time started creating online videos about it and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I pretty much did the same thing. I was, I was a massage therapist for a couple of years and even within the first like six months, I, I got interested at, at a teacher who kind of got me interested in craniosacral therapy just kind of saw that I had a good sense of like very subtle work with things. And, you know, a lot of what I now what I've kind of focused on both in in mobility and, and movement work and in my body work practice is more kind of myofascial um, kind of the more the more, more the, you know, connective tissue side of of what's going on with people. And that always mm -hmm. ends up relating directly back to the nervous system. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, that was another piece that I will, we'll get into this in a sec, but I, you know, I felt like those were, those were certainly pieces that I felt like were part of, of what was going on with me at the time. I started kind of realizing that there was some kind of over response that my body was having to, to stimulus too, that was kind of keeping me in the pain loop. Mm -hmm. And that's always part of pain, right? I mean that, you know, once, once you kind of get, go down that path for a period of time, you're, you know, you can work on trying to, you know, stretch and mobilize things, but sometimes your system is just not willing to, to let that go. And that's all part of a protective response from whatever was probably going on with, with the extreme pain at one point. And it kind right. of, gets, it gets stuck in that loop. So, you know, when we're, when we're dealing with injury recovery, I think sometimes we don't, we don't give quite enough time to, to that period where we, the body has to kind of normalize again before we reeducate. And so, right. you know, I, 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 I went pretty far down that road. I mean, I've been doing this for 22 years. So mm. I, I, you know, when I first started getting into doing that work, I decided to kind of shift into when I started doing more personal training, I, I, I started, I took a course in post rehab. So I was kind of lucky at the time to meet this great trainer or sorry, a, a, a physical therapist who started just, you know, sending me some of the people she was working with after their insurance had run out and they still kind of needed programming. And mm -hmm. so I could do a lot of work kind of handing off from her. And she, she taught me a lot too, just because her, she was a teacher at Columbia in New York. And so mm -hmm. she, she kind of would give me a lot of background before I'd start working with them. And, but she really liked the fact that I had this other skill set that I could, you know, do hands-on work and, you know, especially the more subtle work with, with people when there was something that you needed a little more gentle hand two things that I see super important about that. One is, um, being able to work with kind of the, the subtleties of coming back from an injury or just pain or guardedness that people have in their bodies, because, um, it's not, it's outside of consciousness for most people that they're holding that tension. It was outside of my consciousness. And there's still things that are outside of my consciousness for me about patterns of tightness and holding that I have. And, and I found that, um, meditation and in, in specifically like longer meditation retreats of 10 or 20 days or whatever help you to tune in to the deeper levels of subtlety of what's going on in your nervous system and, yeah. and to find out where you're guarding clenching holding and stuff like that um and because yeah like you said it's not always just a 
physical, biomechanical, stretch this, strengthen that kind of thing, although that can be a big part of it. But there's also kind of the unclenching and rewiring of the nervous system, which can be done through many practices such as craniosacral meditation, other things that I'm sure we'll talk about. So that's that's great. And I also think it's awesome that you were able to be a bridge between physical therapy and kind of back to normal daily living and training because right, usually people right. are rehabbing something and being like babied almost. And then they're just thrown back into like normal life and there's not kind of a smooth integration between those two worlds. Or, or depending on who that person is, like they may actually jump in a little bit too hard too. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. wanting, wanting to get back to whatever they were doing before and just start loading up again or, you know, running yep. too many miles or whatever. Yeah. But, but it's interesting because you and I had also this other this other piece, which is I, I I think I wasn't happy with any one any any one modality at that point either. Like I I started doing Pilates in the '90s when it was pretty <laughs> pretty pretty fresh, and I and I even think looking back, like I think some of the techniques I was learning weren't weren't great. But but it was but it was just a you know it was a perspective it was a way of seeing in in in, in things that I just didn't have any experience with just kind of you know, basic core stabilization practice, uh, just really understanding how to use your breath with all that stuff. So that was kind of the beginning. And then I, I, I was also getting like just about any kind of body work I could, you know, figure out that I, that I thought looked like it could work for me. So I had, you know, different combinations of things from, you know, rolfing and all sorts of myofascial work to, you know, acupuncture and chiropractic and more subtle chiropractic, like network chiropractic and Alexander technique, you know, yoga. Mm -hmm. I pretty much, I pretty much did everything. But I, I think there was a part of that that was like, I never really felt like there was one specific way for me either. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't buy too heavily into any brand of any of those things. I just felt like mm -hmm. they all had pieces that I, that I found useful too. So when I started, you know, teaching it more, I also felt like I had to kind of in incorporate all those pieces. And I can tell just from seeing your video work that you've pretty much done the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I think the the best healers that I've ever found in my life and what I strive to be are people who practice. They actually do the practice or they they sample a lot. Personally, I like to sample a lot of, a lot of different things. I like to learn how to stretch from martial arts and yoga and any other you know discipline that includes stretching gymnastics and then also what are the, all the different schools of massage rolfing art trigger point blah yeah, blah, blah yeah, yeah. and 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 try my best to sort of see what they all have in common and sort of condense like the best practices from all the different disciplines um but but also i think that being someone who spends a lot of time working on their own body makes you the best healer. Like I, I'm specifically thinking of one of my mentors named Phil Petachenko in Encinitas, California, who's a chiropractor, but he only does deep tissue body work on people, kind of trigger point style. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what made him particularly unique of all the people that I've tried, and I went to so many different therapists and healers and massage people, is he was the only one who would tell me about his self-practice, like how he would spend hours a day massaging and tinkering and um, pressing on his own body and stretching and meditating and um, and many of the other practitioners they maybe didn't have much of a practice maybe they did a couple of basic things here or there but he had like a deep practice yeah and it was yeah. it was noticeable when he got his hands on you it was like oh I'm in the hands of a master right now like yeah. like 
in, in, in a one hour session of when someone like him is working on you, you feel like they're in tune with what they're doing the entire time. They're, they're finding the spots that you need and the pressure is just right. It's the Goldilocks, like not too much, not too little, yep, just totally. right. Yep. And, and I really believe that that came from him having a deep self-practice where he was putting in the time, working on his own body. And that's what I think you and I are both striving to do as well. I mean, I think we, and, you know, it comes out of necessity too. And my guess is that, yeah. that uh, Phil probably had the same thing. <laughs> it's like, right. I mean, he must've had something yeah. that he was having to also sort of really manage and take care of. Yeah. And, you know, I, sometimes I think it's, it's unfortunate that I had problems at such an early age. I was like, you know, 25, 26 when the worst of it was kind of hitting me. But at the same time, I'm almost, I'm, I'll be 50 this year. And I, and I feel like I've, because, because I had that experience at such a young age, I was educated on something that really we should all have more education on. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I got that and I've, I've tried to instill that a little bit more in everybody that I work with. And that's also part of, you know, why I wanted to do the podcast on some level is I feel like there are some, there are so many things that can keep us out of the healthcare system or, you know, just keep us well. I have a, a, a close doctor friend who does a lot of urgent care. And the number one reason that people come to urgent care is back problems mm-hmm. and back pain. So, you know, that's, it, it, it just goes to show that that's something that we could probably resource a lot more. And mm-hmm. I figured that just given the time period that we're in right now with what's going on, everybody, you know, I mean, we're trying to get outside and do a little bit more moving. And we were, I mean, I'm getting pretty organized about it right now because <laughs> I feel like if I don't, I, I'm not going to move enough. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like there are a lot of people who probably had a really good routine, had a place that they went, a yoga, you know, studio or a a gym or something, and and now they don't have anything. And this is kind of what I've been realizing. I needed to research uh, and and resource a little bit more, you know, for for the people that I'm working with. And I figured, you you basically have it all on video. So, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 one thing that you shared with me this last week was was um, kind of the desk posture um, program that you have. And I think that might be a, just kind of some pointers for people right now, just to kind of start thinking about the things that they can do in terms of self-care. And, you know, a lot of that is just getting in these fixed positions for a really long period of time. We become sort of adapted to that, that desk posture. So mm-hmm. take us through just kind of, I, I know we can't go super deep into this without the visuals, but take us into like what a, a, a kind of basic program is that, that you like to give people when they're working on this stuff. Well, basically, I mean, kind of what you touched on, the the problem is sitting in one stuck position for any length of time. People will ask me, like, what's better, a standing desk or a sitting desk or a kneeling desk or what's the, what's the position I should work in? Yeah, yeah. And basically, the answer is there's no one position. Your next position is your best position, staying on yeah. the move relatively constantly or at regular intervals throughout the day is is really the answer. And then the spice on top of that is the, you could call it corrective exercise or stretching or mobilizations that help to undo a little bit of the damage that inevitably we're all taking on because we're in this digital world where we're sitting in front of screens a lot of the time and that has to be that way. It's not going to change. So one is move as much as you can, but also know that there's a few kind of specific patterns of tightness that come when you do sit a lot. Um, and basically in a nutshell, it's kind of like your hips get tight. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not meant to kind of, 
be stuck at a 90 degree angle for hours on end. They're meant right. to be standing, walking, squatting, lunging, moving. Yeah. So if they stay stuck at 90 degrees for a long time, um, those muscles are going to shorten. So most commonly that means the hip flexors. So in the desk posture therapy program, one of the focuses is on the hips and specifically the hip flexors to kind of mm, lengthen them when they've become chronically shortened. Cause I mean, if you, if you, if you take the big picture of like, um, how, what positions you've been in for the majority of your life, you sat in school, you sat in the car, you sat during college, you, you know, sat during all of your exams, you now sit in front of a computer at work, you're, you're in that position so, so much. Yeah. So, so, so stretching out the hips with a few basic hip flexor stretches, quad stretches, but also as a massage therapist, what I add to that is, you know, don't just do a generic kneeling hip flexor stretch, maybe a little bit of quad massage, a little bit of hip flexor massage kind of makes that doubly as effective because it's kind of like you chew up the bubble gum and it stretches better. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how I, I visualize the human body in a way. So hip flexors is one thing that gets tight and then upper body posture. Like we even have names for these things now. Like, Oh, I've got, I've got text neck or nerd neck. Or zoom. I've computer. heard zoom neck lately. Yeah. Zoom <laughs> neck. Like all, all it is is like hunched forward Quasimodo posture. Yeah. Um, because of screens. Yeah. <laughs> and so one is you can, you can start talking about ergonomics and how to sit a little bit better. And that's a little bit helpful, but like I said, move more is the answer. So like I have some people set a timer and move every 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever they can get up and stretch for a minute or two and then get back to work. Um, but then as far as like sort of corrective exercise for upper body, there's basically three major things. One is your thoracic spine, your upper back. So it gets kind of rounded and slumped, kind of yep. like grandma and grandpa. And the, and the, so the weight of the head kind of pulls down on the spine in the front. Exactly. If your head was perfectly stacked over your spine for the entire hours and hours that you're working, there'd be less stress on the neck and the traps and the thoracic spine, but no one sits with like Superman posture while they're working. We all <laughs> right. kind of slump a little bit and move. So we do have to undo that a little bit. So in the program and, and on my videos on YouTube and stuff like that, I've got ways you can roll your upper back with a foam roller or lacrosse balls where you basically put something on your upper back and you lay on your back and you use it as a leverage point to kind of arch and open your chest up. Yoga would call this like a heart opening kind of position. Right. Um, and so that's thoracic spine, but then also your shoulders get a little bit rounded forward and they get kind of stuck in a shortened position. So doing something to sort of, it's always for me, it's always massage plus stretch. And then yeah, strengthen yeah. is also helpful as well. So doing something to massage the chest and then stretch it open. And then maybe if you have time to strengthen the muscles on the back to sort of hold it into place, that can be part of your overall program. Um, and then the last thing is the neck itself. Like if the neck is always holding up the head, the head is in front of the spine, you're slumped forward, the neck muscles are tensing to hold, to hold you up. If you imagine like someone you're, you're in a slumped position and someone tries to like kind of pull your head even more forward, you're going to feel those neck muscles tense up. Well, that's happening at a low level the entire time that you're sitting. Right. So doing a little bit of massage and stretching for the neck is sort of like the icing on the cake for upper body posture. So we have like make your thoracic spine a little bit more arched or extended instead of slumped and rounded, mm -hmm. stretch and open up your chest and then free up the neck a little bit. And that's sort of like a quick three-step kind of desk posture fix, if you will. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people don't realize, um, and I know you go through this in your program, is that 
the the hip flexors the, the, the you know when we're in a 90 degree position we have we have this one you know part of the body that really is has a, a big crossover between the lower extremity and the upper extremity uh, these the the iliopsoas and iliacus uh, really are sort of going between your 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 lower extremity and into your spine and i think you know when when, when we're in that shortened uh, you know position when when those muscles are sh- are shorter what people don't realize a lot of times is that that's actually a big part of what starts to cause the back problems that mm-hmm. you know, that that pull from the front you know un- underneath your abdominals those those muscles are actually pulling your spine forward so it can it can make you go into like a sway back position or you'll end up with a completely flexed pelvic position where you're sitting on your tailbone and mm-hmm. you know e- either of those positions basically are going to cause a lot of strain on your on your thoracic spine and you know inevitably you know for for your upper upper part of your spine too because as soon as that pull happens from the base it just affects the the whole chain and that's mm-hmm. and that's one of those pieces that I feel like people are not really teaching well enough still even you know when you get into into gyms I I always kind of teach from the base of the spine and then go back and deal with like the feet and foundational things later because I feel mm-hmm. like it's easier for people to somehow get a sense of what's going on with their feet because they can feel them on the floor they oftentimes don't have a very good sense of their base like in in their pelvis is is there a way that you teach that yeah there's various sort of you could call them core progressions or just ways of bringing more awareness to the center of the body um so this is something that it is really helpful to see it it depends on the level of awareness of the person there's some people that just have a high movement iq and they see something on video and they just experiment and they get it. And then there's other people that need a lot of physical touch, which obviously can be difficult in the times that we're in, but they need to be cued to like squeeze here, move here. Like, are you aware that your spine is, you know, in a very arched position or it's very rounded or something like that? So, um, so yeah, I mean, you can, in, in some of my programs about like low back pain, I have a lot of core progressions where I teach people, take people through different series of, um, you know, dead bugs and bird dogs and mm-hmm. um, planks and plank variations and things to, but it's not just about creating a, a one stuck, stable, neutral spine all the time. Right. It's can you move in and out of different pelvic tilts and do you know when you're in these different positions and then can you take that awareness during very simple movements like core training and have that same spinal awareness during more complex movements. Like if you're in the gym squatting or deadlifting or playing your sport or things like that. So, um, yeah, there's different progressions that people can learn, um, about how to just motor control wise, just with the power of their brain, move their spine into correct and incorrect and or safer and less safe positions. Um, but I also think that that's like, that's like the strengthening and motor control side of things. And in sort of my philosophy or system that I teach, I also include the stretching and the massage. So I call it TSR system, which stands for tissue work, stretching, and re-education. So mm-hmm. what we're talking about now is the the re-education, re-education, the motor control, the strengthening. But also if they include a little bit of stretching and massage in their practice, self-massage, then they get more data points. It's like, okay, I, I practiced moving my spine in and out of positions and building some awareness during these core training things. But when I try to massage my abdominal fascia or my psoas or massage my QL quadratus lumborum low back muscles, basically, I realize how tight maybe one of those is. So maybe I'm trying to not be an anterior pelvic tilt, but my psoas is so tight 
my QL is so tight that I'm, I'm basically locked in that position. Right. And I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't know that unless I tried to massage those muscles or stretch them. So that's why I think in anyone's movement practice, there should be some combination of you massage some muscles, you stretch them, and you do some strengthening and motor control training, and you'll be a much wiser mover in person. Yeah, I ag- agreed. And 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 it's 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 the part that I think gets missed on the front end a lot of times. We, you know, a lot of t- if we if we end up working uh, on our own or even you know, depending on what the trainer's experience is, oftentimes we start with loading or with, mm. you know, intensity or you know with maybe too much dynamic when the body is actually too fixed. And mm-hmm. it's always been my, you know, my philosophy that, you know, the, the more range of motion you can get with, with the bigger joints, the more access to all those muscles you get. I mean, there's, you know, any, any joint has, any, you know, uh, usually multiple muscles involved in any, any one action. And so if you're only getting, you know, partial access to that, you're also, you know, putting those muscles that are involved at, at higher risk or the tendons most of the time, actually. And so mm-hmm. that that's that I, that's one of the things I, I I really like about the way that you're doing things, and you know so and let's so so let's get let's break this down a little bit in terms of you know how you start out with with this because for people who are are at home right now, I think maybe we could kind of talk about the massage part of things. You know, most of us have this sense of of getting massage from someone else, but in this mm-hmm. time of of you know physical separation. What is what is a self-massage routine look like? What kind of tools are you talking about? Yeah, this is one of the areas that I'm most passionate about because Phil, my mentor, who I mentioned earlier, um, was so big about a kind of self-massage mobility practice. When you walked into his office, he had literally like a bookshelf of different like massage tools. And at first, if you've never been exposed to that, you're like, whoa, that's excessive. But over time, as you start experimenting with these things, you're like, oh, I can see how someone could be interested or need a variety of tools to sort of maintain the human body. It's like the metaphor that I use is just like a mechanic can do a lot of things on a car with just say a wrench. You can do a lot more with a few more tools. So I'm not advocating that every person out here needs to go out and buy every trendy new mobility tool, but different tools do different jobs. So people can start with things that are very, very simple. I think the most popular and well-known thing is your basic foam roller or a lacrosse ball or some kind of ball. Those are like the 101 course of like self-massage. You get a, some kind of ball with a different density or texture. It could be hard, like a lacrosse ball or softer, like a tennis ball. If you're maybe not, if you're a little more sensitive to massage and pressure. So you find whatever, whatever works for you. There's all kinds of tools out there these days, but a lacrosse ball and a foam roller are, are a good place to start. Um, and then you just start watching, say my videos on YouTube or, you know, whatever teacher you resonate with. There's so much free information on online these days, which is a double-edged sword. It means there can be some bad information and there can be some good information, but find a teacher that resonates with you, um, and, and learn how to do self-massage and, and it can progress from a foam roller and a simple mobility ball, lacrosse ball, tennis ball to, um, there's things called the quad baller. There's, um, um, I have, uh, something, I, one of the things that I do is I help people with a condition called femoral acetabular impingement or FAI hip impingement, basically, which, which was I, what you have had problems with, right? Right. That was what caused basically my injury back in 2011. It was okay. this underlying out of alignment that I had in my hips. Um, and that I've had to like kind of work around having kind of a weird bone structure. Um, and I worked around it very successfully, but I needed to personally find 
tools beyond a foam roller and a lacrosse ball because one of my personal problems and one of the problems that I see in a lot of athletes is the deep kind of attachment points of their muscles often carry the most tension and restrict the joints movement the most and then therefore cause them to compensate and therefore cause them to get injured. So I can't foam roll my adductor attachment points very effectively. And most massage therapists aren't going to go there because it's so close to the the groin and stuff like that. So I had to create like a tool that I call the hip stick, which I use on my hip muscles and stuff like that. But that's kind of like a specialized niche little thing for people that specifically have like tight groin, tight adductors or hip impingement and stuff like that. But that's that's just another example of (laughs) one of the many, many tools that there are out there. There's the supernova, there's the fireball, all kinds of different balls and implements to roll and massage yourself. Yeah. Um, I I, I use the, I use the rumble roller as kind of my, which is basically like a short foam roller with little nubbies on it. Mm-hmm. And it's got a mm-hmm. little more density, but it's in you know, but it's fairly forgiving. The, the little nubbies have a little uh, cushiness to it too, but it can really kind of grip the the muscles. I you know, it's it's a little bit much for someone to start working on their IT bands with sometimes. But that's that's right. what I graduated to, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. then and for you and and backs can oftentimes handle a little bit more pressure than than like say adductors or IT bands. Or, mm-hmm. you know, even depending on what's going on with your lats or your shoulders, sometimes that can be pretty intense for some people. Um, yeah. But what, you know, maybe what we can do is I, I have some favorites and, and you have your favorites and I can, I can post these in show notes. So if anyone's looking for some at-home things, I mean, you know, a lot of it is about where can you get into specific spaces in your body and, and get some sort of relief. And, you know, there's, I always think about, there's kind of a couple parts of, of foam rolling. You know, one of them is, is basically just kind of like, you know, using like a, a bread roller or, you know, a dough roller or something. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just trying to kind of broaden the tissue a little bit. You're, you're getting some circulation going through there. And, you know, that will help kind of move things if you have any, any inflammation buildup. And then the other part of it is you're, you're hitting some of these very specific points that are basically trigger points and which, which will kind of create this release in the fascia, you know, through broad areas too. And, and that in combination with breathing, which I know that's a, another huge part of, of what your programs include is, you know, being able to actually relax into the, into the exercise or use, use breath from the inside out to kind of force pressure, you know, against say, if you're working in the thoracic spine, you really want to open up the, the rib cage areas around the spine too, and get some, get some mobility that way. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe what we can do is kind of put some of our favorites up if people are, are looking for some, you know, some at-home massage uh, techniques for themselves and um we'll that we'll we'll have that and then you know we'll, we'll put a we'll put a link to some of some of your stuff too you know maybe i'm sure you have some kind of intro stuff on on youtube and if there's if there's more that they're interested in they can uh, check out your programs too yeah for sure I mean, youtube is a great place to start because i i want to empower people to develop the ability and the skill to fix any pain or injury that might come up in their body because that's one of the most empowering things that you can feel like i mean in, in a time like this where either you can't go to your physical therapist or you can't go to your doctor exactly how cool how cool would it be to have the skill set where you you have this practice where you know oh, okay i know how to how to you know calm down neck pain back pain knee hip ankle whatever um so youtube my youtube channel has over 200 and probably 20 30 220 videos free that you can watch if you just search neck on on got rom on youtube search got rom neck got rom knee got rom shoulder got rom whatever yeah and there's probably probably a video on it 
Cool, man. And 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 we'll maybe I'll, I'll put a few uh, links up in show notes too, just so they can get led. People can get led there right away. And you know, we'll we'll, we'll do some stuff very specifically to to what we've been talking about today. Um, and in in terms of, well, I, I know most people are probably sitting in in desk spaces or at 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 tables or on in their bed or on couches, you know, just places that are that are not going to be great for their spine right now. And try to get them kind of, you know, at least working on the mobility parts. And then, you know, I think it'd be, it'd be nice. I'm sure they'll get led through some of this stuff too, to just some some things that they can do for mobility. People can reach out to either of us if if they're looking for a little more guidance too. Yeah, I would love that. Well, cool. Well, thanks thanks so much for taking the time to do this with me. I feel like this is going to be a, a very big resource for people, and uh, and I, I'm glad that I that I that you reached out to me because I really like it, what you're doing, and I feel like we we basically kind of have a, a similar thing. You've, you've just taken it a little bit further now, I think with, with having all the, the online access to this. And I felt like this was a great time for people to, to know about your work. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to connect with you. And I look forward to seeing your own creativity coming to a, a YouTube channel near us. soon. Hopefully. <laughs> all right. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Shane. I hope this conversation will inspire you to stay on track or get back on track with your own self-care routine in preparation for these warmer months ahead of us where we can enjoy the things that we love to do outdoors. While social distancing will likely be a thing through the summer, moving is the one thing that almost inevitably makes us feel better physically, mentally, and emotionally. Check out the show notes for links to Shane's YouTube page and website, gotrom.com, as well as links to the tools that we discussed here in this episode. Let me know what you thought of this topic in conversation. Uh, you can always reach me at my new email address, jeremy at highway2.health. Thanks for listening and for all that you do. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and take care of your planet. Be well, my friends. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Healthcare for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.